welcome to Cybersecurity Magnified with Braxton Grant Technologies, where candid cybersecurity conversation meets tactical and applicable advice. Investigate with our experts on the latest in the cyber world, including security best practices, compliance guidance, and all things cloud adoption. Thanks for joining the conversation. Let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Cybersecurity Magnified. I'm Krista, and Josh is back with us continuing our NIST 800-171 compliance series. If you haven't seen the first two in the series, be sure to check those out. Our first episode, we go through some key concepts and recommendations for getting started. And part two, we dive into specifics of documentation and how important that is for your compliance journey. Both of those episodes are available now on Spotify, Anchor, Breaker, or Google Podcasts, as well as our website, which is braxtongrant.com. And while you're there, don't forget to subscribe so that you don't miss out on any upcoming episodes. Today's episode is all about maximizing your investment in the technology used to become NIST 800-171 compliant. Um, It's no secret that the importance of putting time, money, and resources to this progress um, is really important, but obviously once you have your plan developed, you want it to work as efficiently as possible. Um, So from our previous conversation, it seems like there's a lot of groundwork that needs to be covered to become compliant, and technology plays a huge role in this. So where should companies start in deciding what types of technology to use? Every organization has different needs and requirements, and there's no one-size-fits-all technology out there that's going to be, you know, the best solution for every company. You know, a small company is going to be different than a large company that's going to be different than a medium company. And how companies operate and what their, you know, layout is and their processes are has a big impact on what technologies they need, what they use, and then what tools and systems on top of that can be used to gain compliance if need be. So, you know, the companies need to take a look at, you know, how they want to, how they've implemented their technology and kind of what the options are there. And one of the biggest differentiators right now is sort of the, you know, the subscription-based model versus, you know, more the traditional off-the-shelf buy a product and set it up within your own internal network. Um, and there's pros and cons to both of those. And that, you know, what's a pro to what one company is different than to another company, you know, depends on their size and whatnot. We find that, you know, companies on the smaller side can do really well subscription-based, you know, products and tools because it, it's a very low cost to get in initially. It's just you pay by the month. It's very scalable. You pay by just what you need. Most of it is generally just based on user licensing, you know, how many people do you have that need it. Um, which makes it a very easy investment to get into. Um, larger companies maybe have more infrastructure and more um, personnel to build their own, you know, tools and systems internally that they buy. You know, generally, if you're going to buy uh, a software or a technology or a product that has to run off of a server, well, then you got to build the server and you got to have a cluster of servers to run all that and how they interact within your network all has to be managed internally and whatnot. So that increases the complexity of some of these solutions. So you know, when companies look at what's out there, you know, they need to understand what's, you know, where the cost is it a big upfront cost? Is it, you know, a low monthly cost? Um, is it something that can be paid off right away or that you're going to be end up paying for the life of your subscription? How does that impact your budgeting? Um, and then also the complexity and how it's used and how it's built and how it runs. Um, 
So, you know, like I said, it, it's no one size fits all for companies. You know, I think to start, companies really need to understand like what is the problem that needs to be solved, you know? Um, you don't want to get into buying technologies just because they sound great or because they're flashy or, you know, the sales pitches and all that stuff. You want to understand what's the problem. How is this technology going to solve that problem? And, you know, determining how the technology can solve the problem can help you determine what's the best bang for your buck. You know, what increases compliance gain, reduces risk, improves efficiency, increases productivity, um, and all these things will help companies make the right decisions, you know, in purchasing technologies to solve these problems. Yeah. It just sounds like setting any other goal in a business that you want to accomplish of then kind of working backwards from that end goal and finding what works best for you and for your organization and that sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. And if I'm a business owner and trying to fix a specific problem, um, how is the best way to search and discover the right technology that will not only solve my needs, but be within my budget? So this is a great opportunity for, you know, a company to bring in a trusted partner or consultant, you know, to help with these technology purchasing decisions. Um, you know, we've seen a number of companies that, you know, once they realize how much needs to be done to be compliant with NIST and CMMC, that understanding that bringing in outside help can really significantly assist, you know, a company with making progress and, um, you know, gaining compliance and whatnot. Uh, companies sometimes might make the mistake of, well, we'll just do this internally because we don't want to have to spend too much money or, you know, we have some people that maybe can handle it, but you got to realize that, you know, people that are already working within the company already have their roles and responsibilities. Can they take on additional, you know, decision-making and research and, you know, understanding what the technologies are and, and really being fluent in them to make the best decision. Um, so, you know, there's a number of different ways a company can do that. They, there's plenty of, you know, managed service providers out there and uh, managed security service providers that can really, you know, augment your staff internally to provide either tools, purchasing decisions, um, or, you know, services that will help you gain compliance. Um, and doing those can actually help a company really gain compliance much more rapidly um, and help them you know, provide the policies, procedures, and technologies um, through a third party that they don't actually have to then, you know, build and maintain all themselves. So, you know, having a resource that really understands the different technologies and has an understanding of your business company's business processes is really important because, you know, to make the best decisions on which technologies and which services to utilize, you really have to understand how your company operates and if someone else, a third party or an outside consultant is going to help with that, they need to understand how your company operates and how this technology is going to impact and benefit your company. Um, so that really can be a, a key point there. And also understanding your organization's like IT infrastructure, you know, are you in the cloud? Are you on premise? Are you both, you know, are you using a lot of SaaS based applications? Are you using cloud based um, infrastructure, you know, how, how do all these different pieces fit together and how does this impact your compli company's compliance? Um, you really need to understand that. And if you're not fluent enough in all these different technologies and what you're actually utilizing and how it impacts, then you really do need a third party or a consultant to really explain it to you and walk you through it so that you can make the best decision possible. 
So if a company uses a service provider to manage its technology, how does that impact compliance for NIST or CMMC? So when you bring in an outside service provider, you know, generally they're providing some sort of service that will help you gain compliance or provide, you know, the, the procedures and the actual day-to-day -day operations that um, satisfy that control, whatever it may be, or multiple controls. So you, your company really needs to have a good communication channel with the service provider and agreements on who is responsible for what, because at the end of the day, it's your compliance. So if there's a service provider that's providing some sort of service to you, that impacts your compliance, they need to understand how that's important to your company and they need to be able to um, apply the appropriate policies, procedures, um, and you know evidence and whatnot to ensure that when you go into an assessment that they are there to help you prove your compliance and ensure that they're doing it properly as well. Um, also, you know, whatever technology solutions they're using, they need to understand whether those are you know, satisfying NIST requirements or CMC requirements as well. So choosing a service provider that's well-versed in, you know, CMMC and NIST compliance is, is really going to help a company ensure that when they go to actually do an assessment that those outside service providers can, you know, provide all the information that's needed to prove the compliance. Um, you know, and also, again, like those service providers need to have policies and procedures for the standard operating stuff, the day-to-day -day operations um, that, you know, affect your compliance. You know, if you have a managed service provider that is managing your endpoint protection and managing your firewalls and has, you know, internal access to your networks and has admin accounts and the ability to change configurations and stuff, then all that has to be documented. All that has to be within their policies and procedures because they're the one doing it. And all that has to be NIST and CMMC compliant because, you are essentially offshoring that or outsourcing that, you know, those operations, which are covered under NIST and CMMC, and therefore it is still your compliance that is affected if they're not doing it properly. And for those companies that have more of an internal IT team, how would this advice be different? So, you know, a lot of the same kind of gotchas apply as to ensuring policies, procedures, documentation on how the organization is compliant, you know, it still applies. It just now these operations are managed internally. So now you need to ensure you're managing all the policies, procedures, how the team is managed, what is they're doing and making sure all that's you know compliant uh, versus having an outside provider that, you know, you're paying them, but they're responsible for certain actions and having that agreement with them. Um, you know, pretty much every organization has numerous service providers, regardless of how big their IT team is or how big their IT department is. Um, you know, and they work with those service providers to have different services that may be cloud-based services, off-site storage locations, you know, uh, you know, data centers, that kind of stuff. Um, you know, and so it's, it's really important for the IT team or the company to understand who is still responsible for what, you know, regardless of whether you're using software as a service, infrastructure as a service, platform as a service, or other services like this, um, you know, it's important to understand where the responsibility lies. You know, the internal team may be responsible for a lot of the configuration of how, you know, how the company uses those services. Um, but then the they, there's still a whole other element of that infrastructure, that 
you know, the service, you know, operates on that someone's still responsible for. And, you know, when you look at, you know, SaaS-based applications, infrastructure as a service, platform as a service, there's varying degrees of responsibility of who's managing what, you know, when you talk about software as a service, really you're talking about your company or your team is probably, you know, managing the configuration of the software settings, but that still runs off of some data center somewhere off servers and networking and all this stuff that yet yeah, you don't necessarily have to manage, but somebody is, you know, how is that potentially impacting your compliance? You know, it, you can't just stick your head in the sand and be like, well, it's not our problem. We don't, we don't touch it. Um, somebody does. So somebody needs to be responsible for it and understanding how that impacts your compliance is, is pretty important. Um, you know, having your own internal team as well, it just, you know, again, you gotta make sure you have all the standard operating procedures, policies, documents, and, and understand how your team is meeting that compliance. Um, and it can still be worthwhile to bring in outside help to assist with um, numerous different aspects of whether that's, you know, implementing new technology, uh, doing proof of concepts, you know, for something new that you want to implement, demos, helping make recommendations, you know. Um, again, you're, you're, if you have an internal team, they're working on their day-to-day roles and responsibilities. So they may not have the time and the resources to figure out what's the best solution or know what's out there and how, how, you know, how that can best, you know, solve problems for your organization. And then really just pulling it all together. How does a company know whether their investment in technology is paying off? Yeah, so it's always important for, you know, an organization to understand if you've now purchased, implemented, deployed a technology or a solution, you know, is it having the desired effect? You know, some things are very easy to tell, some things not so much. And you got to, you know, make sure you cover the bases and understand, you know, once something's been, you know, a project's been completed, is it providing the services and the benefits and meeting the requirements that you thought it was? Um, and this, this really is a matter of, you know, somebody going back in a lot of cases and checking, like who is going to go check and ensure that the desired effect is being accomplished, that, you know, it was configured properly, that it's, you know, it's been deployed and it is actually working on every single system and endpoint that you thought it was going to be on. And is it effective? Um, you know, and understanding in most cases, you know, tools or technologies don't automatically satisfy NIST and CNMC compliance by themselves necessarily. You still have to have documentation, diagrams, um, architectural designs, uh, policies and procedures, all these other things that go into proving your compliance and really, you know, kind of painting the picture of how do these elements and things that um, help you satisfy compliance, satisfy the requirements, how do they actually do it? Because you have to prove it at the end of the day and you have to have all this backup information, you know, and it's not just a matter of just installing something and walking away. Um, and this can be, again, another good source for, you know, an outside provider or a consultant that can come in and help you do a readiness review or a gap assessment to ensure that what you have in your technology arsenal and what you've deployed is actually meeting your requirements. Um, and then on top of that, ensuring that what you have for evidence or policies or procedures is actually going to be enough when you actually need to walk into an assessment one day.
And getting a gap assessment from an organization like Broxton Grant can be a great place to start no matter where you are in the compliance process. Uh, we look at your existing information systems and security measures, and we identify gaps in your CUI and cybersecurity protections. Um, so if you are interested in learning about our gap assessment, or if you're interested in other ways that we can partner with you as a consultant to these types of compliance standards, we would love to have a conversation with you to further understand your organizational needs. Feel free to check out our website, braxtongrant.com, and there you can find a whole bunch of information on how we serve our customers. You can fill out an inquiry form or give us a call, whatever is easiest for you. Once again, that's braxtongrant.com. Thank you for listening to Cybersecurity Magnified. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you're up to date with our newest episodes. And if you found this episode helpful, share it on social media. Braxton Grant is an experienced cybersecurity solution provider with over 20 years of experience in the government and commercial space. To learn more about us, visit braxtongrant.com or find us on LinkedIn. Thanks again for listening.